0: Welcome to Reaching World Podcast, where we highlight the world's largest network of influencers for good, love, and service. Join us in saying thank you to these incredible individuals and organizations by listening, subscribing, and sharing their legacies. And by doing this together, we will help inspire others to leave their legacy of service and love. I'm your host, Zach Garner. Jim, go ahead and introduce yourself to our podcast listeners and tell us a little about your background to what brought you to where you are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Zach. First of all, thanks for having me on. Um, so a little bit of background. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, just a, a, a country boy, a blue-collar family. Mom and dad didn't go to college, just uh, poured everything into myself and my two sisters and just awesome, awesome people that, that really gave us every opportunity uh, to create a better lives for ourselves uh, than they than they had opportunities. And so... Found the sport of wrestling, tried every sport in the book, and uh, the sport of wrestling kind of stuck for me and worked really hard at that uh, as well as really hard at academics over the years and and that was my ticket man i just uh, had some some great universities contacting me some ivy league schools i ended up going to the university of virginia the number one public school in the country and um uh so went to the university of virginia in charlottesville and uh, really i've tried leaving charlottesville a couple of times hasn't really stuck uh it's such a great place to live so we live in charlottesville virginia wife and four kids now and um But, uh, you know, so went from Pittsburgh to the University of Virginia. I was a college wrestler at the University of Virginia, All-American there. Um, And then I got into college coaching. So I coached for about a decade and then got into business and started a couple of businesses, kind of circled back around to uh, working in, a, in a, another role at the University of Virginia as, uh, as an administrator and fundraiser, um, and then eventually started my business, which is uh, uh, my podcast, Success Through Failure, and my website, com, where I do uh, speaking, coaching, and podcasting.
0: Jim, I'm fascinated with your story of your athletic career. We have athletes You know, I'm an athlete, you're an athlete. We have a lot of athletes listening to this podcast. So tell us about that journey of reaching and achieving your dreams as an athlete and how that helped you prepare for the business world.
1: Yeah, hopefully every wrestler's dream is to be a Division I All-American. As a matter of fact, it's harder for a high school football high school wrestler to be a division one all-american than a high school football player to make it to the pros so it's actually statistically it's a really hard thing to do and 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 physically it's a really hard thing to do as you know zach and so uh qualified for the national championships my freshman year but you have to finish in the top eight um and you have to win at least four matches at the national championships I, i failed my freshman year sophomore year uh, again i qualified for the national championships and i failed in my junior year again i qualified for the national championships failed to win enough matches to be an all-american so you know year after year I, I experienced this struggle this failure this setback and i remember at the end of my junior year after i'd lost my last match at the national championships i remember sitting in the locker room in tears with my face buried in a towel thinking you know what's wrong with me? Like I, I work as hard as I possibly could work. There's, couldn't run more miles or lift more weights or watch more film. And there's just not enough hours in the day to do more. I can't possibly do more. So like, what's wrong with me, right? Why can't I do this? Why do I see other people doing this? And um, you know, I, I must not I just you know I must not be good enough or smart enough or capable enough. And I had this overwhelming feeling of doubt. And I. I think a lot of people have that, right? They fail. They they have these setbacks, whether it's in business or in their health or in their relationships or in some area of their lives. People fail, right? We all fail. And we think it's a reason that we can't succeed, right? It's proof that we can't succeed. But it should be actually the opposite. It's, we need to understand that it is a necessary step on our path. And my, my podcast, as you know, Zach, is called titled Success Through Failure. And it's just that, right? I interview these amazing people who have reached incredible levels of success. I mean, billionaires and astronauts and professional athletes and New York Times bestselling authors and on and on and on. And I always have them tell me not only their habits and tactics for success, but about their failures. And they bring up these amazing stories of failure where we go, wow, okay, so it's not just me. Right? It's not just me who failed. And so going back to that moment in the locker room where I failed, I spent the entire offseason working to try to figure out what is it that I'm missing. And and unfortunately, Zach, I never figured it out. So going into my senior season, I, I, I realized, I said, you know what? Uh, I, I don't know what the secret is. I can't possibly work any harder. Uh, it's literally the night before the, the season opener, opening tournament, and I, and I, I, I gave up. I literally Zach I gave up on trying to achieve my goal. And I said, "Listen, I'm just going to go compete as hard as I can and I'm going to let the chips fall wherever they may and I'm going to be satisfied with that because I can't do any more." And so, you know, if my if it's in the cards for for me to be a national champion or an all-American, so be it. If it's not, then then I'll be happy giving my best effort. And as soon as I let go of the outcome and started really just focusing on the process, not just focusing on the process, but enjoying the process, I I achieved what I wanted. I did it. You know, I had this amazing season. I had so much fun. Uh, I finished top eight in, in the nation. I was one of the best in the country at what I did. And that led to, you know, me being, you know, sure, you know, got into coaching right after my college career was over. I got a bunch of offers to be an assistant coach. And a few years later, now I'm now the youngest division one head wrestling coach in America. Right. So, so all these failures, led to success, getting on the podium, led to success, becoming the youngest Division One head coach in the country. I was actually offered a, uh, a room out at the Olympic Training Center to live and train free of charge as an Olympic hopeful. Um, and so I coached for about a decade. Uh, then I got out of coaching on my own terms, and, which was great because it was, we had a young family at the time. And it said, I really want uh, you know, to change my lifestyle and really focus on my family. So I started my first business, and that was a success. And then I started my second business, and Zach, I put my head down and I, I went to work on that second business. I said, man, this is going to be the business that really sets my family up for success and or for, for forever, right? Just going to fit set my we're going to, it's going to set my family up. I'm going to be successful at this. Just like I've been at everything else. And, and, um, and I failed, I realized about two years into this business, I finally lifted my head up and looked around. I said, Oh my gosh, like I've got dead up to my eyeballs. I've got a failed business, a failing marriage. I'm not spending enough time with my kids as a former college, you know, elite level college athlete, I, I identified with an athlete, you know, being an athlete and I was in the worst physical shape of my life. And I realized everything I was chasing, I I was actually doing the opposite of, I was focusing on the, the outcome instead of the process of, of having an amazing family life, being healthy and fit, grow, you know, growing an amazing business. And I remember Zach literally sitting on the couch as I was closing down my business. I remember sitting on my couch one night looking at my computer, scrolling on Craigslist past jobs for like unpaid internships and paperboys going like, like how did, how did I end up here? Right. How did I, you know, got two degrees from the number one public school in the country, division one, all American youngest divisional head kitchen coach in the country, former Olympic hopeful, successful business owner. And now this, and wow. I, don't yeah. you know, I I can go on, but, but that was sort of this dark, dark time that I got to in my life um, that I think we all end up in at some point or another. But I had some experiences that I could, could reflect back on as an athlete that helped me really rebuild my life from
0: there. So how did you overcome that obstacle? Like, what did you do to make that transition?
1: I literally, I remember closing my computer that night and walking up the stairs and, and laying down in bed next to my wife, Allie, and she's already asleep and I'm staring at the ceiling in the dark thinking like, I've been here before, right? I was, I was, I failed before as an athlete. I felt this overwhelming sense of failure and hopelessness and self-doubt. And, and I was like, what, what did I do when I was competing to overcome this? And, and how do I replicate that and put that in place in my life now? And I realized, I realized Zach, there were four things in my life when I was competing that weren't in my life at that point. And I said, it was so. number one, I didn't when I was competing, I I knew I knew what I valued. I knew what was most important to me. I had these principles and these values that I lived by, and and that was kind of step one. There were four pieces, and that was the first step. Was I knew what I valued. I knew what was important to me. I may not have been able to state them as core values, but I. I had these amazing mentors and people who I looked up to. They were tough. They were disciplined. They were respected. They often went on to be successful after the after sport of wrestling. I said, I want to be like them, right? And I had these values of, of toughness and discipline and respect and hard work. And, and, I, so, and then the, the second piece was I had goals. And not only goals, but goals that aligned with those values. I had goals that were directly in line with the things that I valued. And once you do that, once you create this, this alignment between our goals and our values, you know, failure is almost irrelevant, right? Because, you know, we, we realize that, you know, what we want and what we value doesn't change based on whether we succeed or fail, right? So many times, you know, people are creating goals that are aligned with like what the mass media is telling us or what we see on social media, what's parked in our neighbor's driveway. That's how people create goals. Instead of creating aligned goals, when you create aligned goals, it, 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 helps you set meaningful goals that are actually important to you because there's a million goals out there you can set, but what are the right ones for you? And so, so I started recreating this in my life, right? I discovered what my core values were. I created multiple goals in my life that were, uh, around, that were aligned with my core values. And then the third piece was this, the third of four was when I was competing, I had what I call an environment of excellence. And that environment of excellence is, is, you know, when I was competing, it was, you know, I had coaches to kick me in the rear end if I needed kicked or if I needed lifted up and course corrected, they would help me with that. I had teammates. They were accountable to me. I was accountable to them. Uh, We had the same high standards for our lives. I had nutritionists and sports psychologists and strength and conditioning coaches and athletic trainers and all these people in my life. But it wasn't just people. It was things like self-talk. Like, what were the words that I was saying to myself? Like when you step on the wrestling mat, as you know, Zach, it's kind of terrifying, right? They're, you're walking <laughs> onto an open space where it's just you and another dude, and he's trying to beat the crap out of you. And, but I had this mental self-talk that helped me push through that and be confident in myself and confident in the process and enjoy that process. And so it's, it's, it's not just the people, it's not just the self-talk, it's, it's also, things like media, right? I didn't watch much television, but when I did, I was watching like the national championships or the world championships or breaking down film of my opponents or myself. Uh, I had this audio, this, this positive mindset audio that I used to listen to when I'd fall asleep. And then also the, the other part of the environment of excellence is like my area, like the physical space around me. Like uh, I had healthy snacks in my room, right? So I could, I wasn't eating junk food. Um, I had my training journal close at hand. I had, uh, Pictures on my wall of my goals and my heroes and things like that. And I, this environment of excellence is made up of four things M A P S, just like a map, right? Maps. Like you need a map to get from point A to point B. Well, M stands for media, A stands for area, P stands for people, and S stands for speech, like the internal self talk and the, the outward talk. So that's the environment of excellence. And then the fourth and final piece. When I was competing, which I had my life and I didn't have my life in that, in that dark moment later on in life was, was this plan for following through, right? Because it's nice to do all that work that I just talked about, Zach, but, but if you do all that, which a lot of people do, you know, some goal setting and new year's resolutions, right? And then they set them up on a shelf and they forget about them, right? You have to have a plan built into your life so that you can actually follow through when life gets busy, when things get stressful. You know, when you, know, you and I both have kids, like when, when one of your kids gets sick or, or, or something happens in your business that, that throws you a curveball, or something happens in your family or your life, like you have to have a plan to follow through. And I had that in my life when I was competing. and I didn't have that in my life at that point. And, but once I had put all these things together, everything changed, right? Like healed my relationship with my wife. I've, I'm in the, some of the, probably the closest the best physical shape I've ever been in my life right now, uh, tripled my income. Like Everything changed once I implemented that process in my life.
0: And that's powerful. So walk us through a timeline of that. So when did scrolling through Craigslist to where you are now, where you're tripling income?
1: Eight years ago. And I tripled my income uh, probably about six years into it,
0: Okay, five years into it. I just like to put a timeline on it because I think with today's day and age of social media, people think success truly does come overnight, but I, yeah, <laughs> it's applying these core values surrounding yourself with the environment and follow through that, you know, it's a, it's a pattern of, ha- you know, success habits that ultimately can create success and longevity for, for individuals and people listening. So,
1: yeah, and let me jump in on that too, as far as timeline, because, you know, I set a goal, I'm 43 years old right now. And uh I said, set a goal uh, when I was 39 years old, I set a goal, I said, by the time I hit 40, I'm going to be uh, full-time coaching and speaking because I had a job at that point, point. and that was my goal. And my 40th birthday came and went, and I and I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't. Didn't my pos- business was not positioned to do that. And when I was 41, at 40, I, I said, okay, when I hit 41, that's what I'm going to do. It. That's my goal. And and I failed again. I got a little further, right. And then same thing at 42. And now here I am 43 and Zach, I'm happy to say that success through failure is real in my life. I failed at that goal four times, but
0: <laughs> your redshirt season, I, your freshman season. So yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and as you know, I just talked to you, you know, before we hit the record button here, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm full time. at that. I've quit my job and I'm going to be full time at this in just a couple of weeks from the airing of this. And, um, and so that, that process is real in my life. And, and I've, I've lived this process, the four-step process that I told you, I have lived that to a T and it has driven me to this point and it's kept me motivated, kept me excited despite failures, despite, despite obstacles, despite, despite setbacks. And, and it's gotten me here and it's gotten me here and I've been grateful and happy and excited, uh, despite the failures along the way. And, uh, it's just a, it's a process that I, I don't just preach. I don't just teach. I live it.
0: Jim, you are your biggest success story. <laughs> I yeah. think a lot of time yeah. coaches just throw words and values on the wall and hope they stick to clients. But I think you truly applied your four principles and you are a living testament that it works. Um, so talk to us. If I'm listening to this podcast and I need the mindset that Jim Harshaw is providing me on this podcast, where can we go to find you? How do we get involved with um, your training programs? We know you have a podcast. Talk to about where we can find your podcast and your coaching programs.
1: Yeah, it's all at jimharshawjr.com. So, Jim Harshaw, H A R S H A W J R, Jim You can, I mean, if you want to jump on a free call, I do free clarity calls for folks. And really, just uh, my, I have a servant heart and I just want to serve people. So, uh, people can sign up for a free clarity call and it's, it's 30 minutes and we just do a deep dive into uh, what's working for you, what's not working for you, what do you want and how do you get it. Right. And, and, um, so that's just go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply that's just for the application for, for one of those free calls. Um, so I can, uh, you know, that, that's something that anybody can, can just go to the website and, uh, and, and, get on there and, and sign up for a free call with me. Podcast is titled success through failure. You can find it on any, uh, any podcasting platform out there, iTunes, Spotify, you name it.
0: Jim, what has been a career highlight for you and why?
1: Man, a career highlight, gosh, it would be that Uh, that TEDx talk. So I did a TEDx talk in 2014 titled why I teach my children to fail. And that was really a catalyst for, for a lot of my business. And, you know, the the reason why uh, I count that as like maybe my biggest accomplishment in my career is not because, you know, the prestige and sort of the recognition, whatever people think about, you know, when you get to do, when you do a TEDx talk, right. It's kind of cool. Right. And, but it's not so much the, the value of actually doing that TEDx talk, but the fact that, that was another success through failure story. So I knew that I was a, I was a really weak public speaker. Uh, I got really nervous, got really scared. And actually there was an incident where I I raised my hand, asked a question in front of a big crowd and man, someone handed me the microphone and I choked. I just got so nervous and I, I got the question out, but it was like, Oh my gosh, that was embarrassing. People could see how nervous I was. I was like, that's not okay. So anyway, I signed up for Uh, So that failure led to signing up for a uh, uh, Toastmasters. So I signed up for Toastmasters, began improving my public speaking skills. uh, And long story short, I got selected to do a TEDx talk, which was just uh, there were several failures actually launching that as well. Um, About a week before doing that TEDx talk, I was in front of a smaller audience um, who had actually asked me to speak at their just sort of organizational um, gathering. There's about 100 people there. Uh, Totally choked and like meltdown in the middle of that talk, trying to rehearse my TEDx talk a week before I go live on stage in front of a thousand people in the world. And, uh, but anyway, again, failure, failure, failure leads to success.
0: That's incredible. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. So what advice would you tell a struggling wants to give up on their dreams today? And what keeps Jim Harshaw motivated every day to overcome your current obstacles that you're facing in your business?
1: Yeah. So I would tell the, the struggling entrepreneur, The same thing that answers sort of the second part of your question is, what do I do to keep myself motivated despite the setbacks and failures? Which, by the way, everybody has them. Everybody's experiencing it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what level. People have self-doubt. People have failures. People have setbacks. And and it's proof every time you listen to one of the people I interview on my podcast, you'll you'll hear their story. Um, But you have to have a very – you have to have those four steps that I just told you about. You have to know what's important to you. Like what are the things that you value? What are your core values? I have mine. Mine are faith, family, fit, fitness, and fun. So faith, self-explanatory, family, self-explanatory, fit, uh being fit, like actually physically fit. Um uh, well actually fitness is one of them fitness, you know, having, you know, being physically fit, but also the fit has a double meaning for me, uh, having an occupation that fits what I love and, and, and my, my passions and then fun. Uh, I know what fun means to me. It's like adventure, it's outdoors, it's things like that. So those are my core values and I live by those. And then I build. then I want you so I want the person listening to say, okay, what are my core values? Like do the deep work. And, and we, can, we can help you with that on the phone calls the free clarity calls if you're interested, but doing that deep work and then building goals that actually align with those values. And here's, here's the, the one little thing I'll add there that will help keep you motivated on a, on a daily basis is like break those goals into what I call micro goals. Like they might be an 18 month goal, a five-year goal, whatever, a longer term goal, break it into 30 day goals. Okay. I've got my big goal on that worksheet or whatever, wherever you document that, what's your 30 day goal? Like what are you doing this month in order to 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 get there? Right? What do you you know what what's your action item in in all those different areas in the relationships and your your health goals, your wealth goals. So get really clear on what's important to you and your action items.
0: Jim, where do you draw your knowledge from? Do you have a recent book that you listen to? Do you have a YouTube channel you subscribe to or other podcasts that you listen to to, you know, draw your knowledge from that you share onto your clients that our listeners now could go seek out and apply to their own business?
1: Yeah. So I, the key here is to be a lifelong learner. Like draw knowledge from as many places as you can. Right, books and podcasts and audiobooks, going to seminars, uh, just learning from other people, other leaders, people who are doing what you want to do. Like so, just like absorbing that knowledge um, is is really important. And for me, so I, I I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly listening. Um, but there's more to it than that, right? I've got I I do some some kind of weird things that that have helped me overcome a mindset of self-doubt and self-criticism. Um, and I'll give you just a couple of quick examples. One of them is I wrote down, uh, I kept, kept track of a list of sort of compliments, positive things, reasons to believe that Jim can succeed. I kept a list of those going just on a Google doc. And every time I think of something, I'd write it down on there. And then literally quotes, testimonials from customers and clients, et cetera. And, as those started coming in, I, I eventually just hit the record button on the voice memo on my phone, recorded this audio of me reciting and repeating all these reasons why Jim, that Jim has that he can succeed. And I had to rewire myself to overcome the, the doubt, the self-doubt, that self-criticism, and, and to make my default not doubt, but to make my default Uh, positivity and confidence. And now that's this sort of new level that I operate at because I've continually over about once a week, I would listen to that. I've edited it, updated it over the years and I still have it. I still listen to it sometimes. Um, that's one Uh, I did a sort of a, a video, a vision board. So I've taken my goals and I've, I've, uh, you know, created a, just an iMovie on my iPhone, right. With, with a, a great song in the background and different pictures that represent my goals with my family and, you know, having fun and adventures and money and all this successful business and serving people, all these images that represent that. And I feed that into my mind, right. I watch that about once a week. And so these are the kind of things that I do to, to do what I call a cognitive conversion to really help me rewire myself. And, and, and make sure that my mindset is where it needs to be for success.
0: Perfect. I love that. Last question here. If you could have a billboard and the entire world could read it, what would you like it to say and why?
1: Man, that's, a, that's such a great question, Zach. And I, w- I would have my billboard say, everybody needs a person in their life who holds them to a higher standard than they believe they can attain. Everybody needs a person in their life who holds them to a higher standard than they believe that they can attain. You need somebody to push you just like a track athlete will never set a world record sprinting down the track by themselves, They have to have competition. They have to have somebody pushing them. That's the only way a track athlete is going to set a world record. Shoot, get the personal best is by they'll never get it on the track by themselves. And it's the same thing in life is we need that person pushing us, that person saying, no, you're better than that. You have more potential than that. We all need that person in our life. And that's what my billboard would say.
0: Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Jim, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I'll let you get back to your busy day.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Zach. It's great talking to you.
0: These episodes will be launched on Mondays and Thursdays. And if you'd like someone to be on the podcast, if you think there's someone in your network that should be recognized for the good they are doing in the world, please reach out to us and send us a direct message. We can be found at Reaching World Podcast on Facebook.com. So be sure to find us there, like our page, and submit any ideas or suggestions of individuals or organizations that should be highlighted on this podcast.